Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the uh, 30th of March, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing. Um, I don't think we have a guest this week, but we do have a metric ream load of uh, <laughs> of news stories to cover. And um, for for, uh, for for listeners to Webcology, people who follow Dave Davies or myself in Facebook, or who just you know know us from from around, um, you know we. Dave and I both have some very strong political feelings, and we try to keep them off the air because um, they're very strong political feelings. So, you know, one time we were doing this show, Dave, a couple years ago, and uh, a guest actually wrote in and was uh, – or not a guest, I'm sorry, a, a listener wrote in and was kind of offended by the amount of politics we've turned into one show, and that kind of, you know – kind of weirded me out and spooked me, and I wanted to pull back on, on talking about politics because if you're pissing off your uh, listeners, you're not going to have listeners for long, right? Exactly. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, as much as you don't want to mention it, you got to mention it. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Have you ever gone to a gas station to fill up your car, and the guy beside you got out of his car Stuck the gas into the uh, into his gas tank. Stuck the gas on his gas tank. Lit a cigarette. And started like banging rocks together right beside the right beside the gas nozzle. You ever had that happen to you? You know, it, it was just a couple days ago. What a weird coincidence! And, and, it, and it just pissed you off. And you turned to the guy and said, "Hey, buddy, I don't want to die here. Like, stop smoking your cigarette and banging those rocks together." Beside the active gas nozzle, you douche nozzle. I bet you said something to that effect, right? It's like you were there. Yeah. Well, do you hear what the uh, <laughs> what the Republican Congress and the Trump administration is allowing ISPs to do with people's information on the web these days? Right. And I mean, you're right. We can't avoid politics here. Uh, you know, I do know the story you're talking about, uh, but but and, carry it. Uh, what's going on, Jim? Well. We, and we have to talk about this because this is the environment we work in. And if the environment gets poisoned by one thing or another and people start either dying off or just leaving, <laughs> then we won't have an environment to work in for long or it'll be a poisoned and toxic environment. And, um, well, this week, uh, voting unanimously on party lines, the Republicans in, the, in, 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 in Congress voted to allow internet service providers to collect information on um, their users' surfing habits, how they use the internet, where they go, when they go there, and, you know, what they look at for, I don't know, three and a half to six minutes at a time, and sell it to um, the highest bidder. Um, And... (laughs) <laughs> it's I don't know it's, it, it it strikes it's it purposefully undoing 
laws that the Obama administration had instituted just three years ago to keep the Internet a free and open environment where people don't feel they're being, well, watched and having the content tailored to them all the time. Yeah, it's a massive, massive privacy breach. It it definitely needs to be addressed. Um, I have heard the argument brought up in this context, well, hey, Google's doing this already or, or whatnot. Um, there's, there's a very, very significant difference here. Um, and just for our listeners who may not understand the difference, on, on the Google level, first off, you can get around it. I mean, there's the not using Google part, but also there's the, you know, you can, you can set up filters, you can use encryption, all of this sort of stuff will, will work there. To a certain degree, encryption will still work at the ISP level, um, but that you don't have an opt-out. Like through Google, through any other system right now, and clearly if you take it for what you will, and, and there'll be conspiracy theorists in the crowd who, who won't agree with me here, but... For the most part, you can opt out um, of having this kind of tracking put upon you and, and having that data stored. In this environment, you don't have a choice. You don't have an opt out. And it's for everything. It's not when you're using Google. It is every one and zero that comes out of your machine and across the Internet um, that will be recorded because it's at your ISP level. So this is a significant, to me anyway, a significant privacy concern. Um, a, a significant problem with just, I mean, this tells the tale of, of what's going to be happening to our, to our data and the power that the ISPs obviously have in the current, current administration. So there's, there's some, some big, big problems coming up here. Um, and and it, it was definitely something that you needed to bring up, not just for privacy, but us as business owners. Um, this, this sets up a, a sort of precedent that I think is, is problematic for us. One funny thing, though, a, a funny twist on this story, I can't remember who said it, um, but it was one of our, our friends, I know it was on Facebook, I'm sure you know who it was, uh, or, or maybe you'll remember it, um, but it actually said a fun way around this might be to to, to do a big uh, fundraising uh, event and, <laughs> and then just purchase all the, all the politicians' data <laughs> and, and see how fast this gets repealed. And it's like, uh, okay, (laughs) that would be a funny way to twist this Um, because, you know, now if that data is available, that data is available and hey, there you go. But one of the things that I have to worry about on top of just the natural privacy concerns here is this is every one and zero. Like what's happening to my actual personal data that's in there is is medical information. Is my search query related to my health being included in this? Of course it is. Yes. Um, Are usernames or services on specific sites? Of course it is. So these are these are some significant things. And you can go, hey, just for advertisers, no, what if all of a sudden insurance companies can start purchasing this data and going, ah, oh, we see well, that Dave's looking up this. We better pull his, his coverage. Right? Well, I mean, this is the problem. Dave, this, this is precisely why this legislation has gone through. So that your insurance company can jack your rates if your search history suggests you might be a greater risk. Um. Or, you know, if you're typing in stuff like how to murder my wife, they're not going to sell you a life insurance policy on her. See, this, <laughs> is how, this, this is how they know to avoid that stuff. <laughs> so if you have a health problem, support uh, your local coffee shop, head on over to Starbucks, use their Wi-Fi to do your queries about your health problems. Something like that, yeah. Um, use a virtual private network while it's still legal. Um, or move to one of the 194 other countries that have access to the Internet and don't have a government that allows the Internet service providers um, in those nation states to uh, sell your information to the highest bidder. Those are your options. Right. 
Okay, I needed to cover that. Um, oh, and by the way, if you are an American, call your congressperson immediately and tell them, like, repeal this or, um, yeah, repeal it. <laughs> because, again, this is the environment we all have to work in. If people are going to be afraid to participate in that environment, then the way we work that environment will have to change. And I got to tell you, I'm, I like the way things are, more or less. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know what? You're you're giving me a a great segue, because if you do need to contact your local politicians on a, you know, city, uh, state, or or federal level, Facebook just made it a lot easier a couple days ago, much to the chagrin, I assume, of politicians worldwide. Um, For any of our listeners, if you do want to contact your local politician, and this is why I think it's horrible, because you're on Facebook, you're going to be like, I rate about something, because everybody on Facebook is, and if you just go to facebook.com slash townhall, only works in the United States right now, um, it will tell you who your politicians are um, in your area and how to get in touch with them via their Facebook page. It's listing their phone numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Here's every way you can contact your local politicians. Uh, And I I view it as funny only because of the the context this is in. It's on Facebook. You've got people who are just ticked off about anything, right? Like, we've all been there where it's like, okay, I read the title of this story. I got really irate. And then I found out, like, a day later that it was just, you know, if I'd read the story, it was just, you know, nothing. It was much ado about nothing. <laughs> so, but you're going to have these people all calling their politicians a nightmare for the politicians, I'm sure. Um, but this would be a great use of it to uh, to get in touch with them and talk about this. And, and there are, of course, many other important issues that people's voices need to be heard on. Because, yes, politicians can be bought, uh, but they need to get elected to make that happen. So our voice still matters. Indeed. Indeed. Um, where do we got a few minutes? Um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the article that you wrote until after the, uh, after the break. Um, but I do want to touch on it because, um, like I said a few moments ago, I dislike change. And your ta- the article you wrote in uh, Street Engine Journal the other day talks about momentous, momentous, like huge change. Um, which I think we speculated on on this show several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Search Engine Journal, um, I haven't written in Search Engine Journal in a long time, so she was never my editor, but 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 I think she's been your editor, Kelsey Jones. Uh, yeah, editor extraordinaire at Search Engine Journal is uh, is leaving. Yeah, she is. It's going to be a shame uh, to see her go because she was she's been really easy to work with and is a super super nice person um but i totally don't blame her she was their their senior editor um she she runs a a couple of her own companies um and is basically i think hit that spot you know of going i can either be an editor for search engine journal for the rest of my life or grow my companies but not both <laughs> so, which you know, I mean, you can understand both of these are full time jobs. We've all been entrepreneurs, or probably most of our listening audience is, right? I mean, you you can't do you can't grow your company and have a full time job at the same time, at least not long term. And she's been there for years, so she's made that decision. Of course, wish her all uh, all the best, and maybe a few months from now we can pull her on and and see how that type of transition goes. Yep, and uh, just so listeners know, her businesses are Moxie Dot and Story Shout. Um, check up, check up Moxie Dot and Story Shout, and uh, best of luck to Kelsey Jones. Indeed. What else do we have? Do we got anything that like only takes a couple minutes to go over? You know what? Something that our audience either knows or don't. 
um, and so we can we can just tell them this exists. Um, announcement just came out today um, over on the Google Analytics blog that Google Optimize is now oh, free for damn, everyone yes. in over 180 countries. Um, so this is your tool for A/B testing. Pretty simple to use um, and, and highly effective. If you're not doing A/B testing, well, do some. <laughs> so um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I could tell from your excitement. You're obviously a fan of both the product and, and the announcement. Absolutely. Um, and well, I, um, I was in on the beta test of this, and so been waiting for it to come out for real. Um, wonderful <laughs> little product. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with what they did, what they did with this. So, um, yeah, folks, head on over. Um, just, you can find uh, find some news on it. I actually do recommend reading the Google Analytics blog. Um, just read their blog post on it. It might just tell you a few things that, that you'll want to know. Uh, it has the links right through to the product. Get yourself set up, run some some basic tests, and uh, yeah, find out if they, if they actually list some really good examples of just minor tweaks showing prices with or without zeros, right? Like just some some minor tweaks and tests that you can do. They can have a huge impact. To that point, test was done uh, just recently, and on menus, subtle changes taking the zeros off increases sales by fifteen percent. These are the kind of subtle changes that can have dramatic impacts on your bottom line. So. Okay, but but I want to stress this: test everything before doing it. Um, one thing, I, one thing I, I'm constantly amazed by in A/B tests is no matter how long I do this job, no matter how many times I do A/B tests on, on either client pages or pages that I make myself, mm-hmm. what freaks me out, Dave, is how how wrong. You know, you know when. when when you go into an A/B test, in the back of your mind, you're always betting on page A or page B to be the the winner, right? Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going. More than fifty percent of the time, I'm dead wrong. Yeah, I mean, honestly, my uh, for someone who's been doing this for twenty years, my aesthetic or conversion sense is uh, way low. And you know, this would, would be a really fun contest to have if we could ever get the whole gang back together again, like all three hundred of us. But could you imagine uh, putting people like uh, uh, Alan Blaywife, Tim Ash, um, uh, 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 Darren Babin, um, uh, uh, one of the Eisenberg brothers or whatever, and fr- all at a table and having and giving them like you know twenty different uh, questions on A/B tests, A/B/C tests for uh, for web pages, and then seeing who was right more often than not. Oh, that'd be interesting. And it would be funny because it may not even be, I mean, to, to your point, sometimes you just can't even predict it, right? Like where you just, you look and you're like, I so was 99% behind this one and decided to just do this test because the client wanted me to. And they were right. It's like they know their market. <laughs> Wouldn't lo and behold, eh? <laughs> anyway, if we could ever get the gang together for a, for a massive conference, like maybe a PubCon or something, I'm going to try to organize that game because I'm quite curious to see how that would turn out. That would be a blast. Okay. This is a good time to take to take our first break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm. So, friends, you're listening to Webcology. It's the 30th of March, 2017. This is Jim of Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're going to be back after these messages. i 
tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages? Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's the 30th of March, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Enjoy's Media and Dave Davies from Beanstack Internet Marketing. And Google, order Dave a sofa. Uh, <laughs> did it work? Did, have that, is, is somebody at your door yet? Um... So I've been about four or five weeks ago. Uh, Dave and uh, Dave and his family were um, visited by Google Home. He came and it ha- hasn't left. It's like rooted itself in his living room and won't leave. And this is everything he says now. And it, but I've been trying to order a sofa to his house ever since, and it still hasn't worked. But I'll get it yet. So actually, before we go on, how is your Google Home experience going? So far, so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I leave it unplugged often enough. <laughs> but um, I do use it a lot. And I, I think for my, my gathering, I mean, sometimes I'm just asking it questions to try and break it or, or see how, how it's good, how it's bad, whatnot. Um, and use it for sort of daily tasks as people would just to see how it's, how it's evolving. Uh, but my, other than that, my, my use is pretty pretty atypical i use it for you know whatever weather some some core stuff what's on my agenda and 
I think what most people are using it for. Music. Great little speaker. <laughs> so I use it for music because it connects to my uh, Spotify account, so it'll it'll run my playlists. It's not the stereo, uh, of course. No, it's not a stereo. It's not awesome, but it it fits near my desk, and for the size of it, it's great, and I'm not going to put a stereo on my desk. So <laughs> for its size, it produces quite good sound. Um, and so, yeah, I use it for, uh, I use it for that, but yeah, so far, I mean, they're, they seem to have a really, really good handle on stuff. Okay. Well, it's about to do a whole bunch more stuff. So, uh, announcement came out in the last, uh, I, th- I think it came out today actually on, uh, new integrations that are, that are coming to Google home, um, pretty soon. Through a service called August, you will be able to, uh, lock and unlock uh, your, your your doors. Mm-hmm. A service called Wink will allow you to control lights and thermostats connected to a Wink hub. No idea what the folks down the hall at Nest are going to say about that, but apparently Wink will let you do it. Uh, Lift X will let you control the color and brightness of lights. Uh, TP Link will let you control uh, lights, outlets, and switches, kind of like a clapper for your Google Home. Uh, Ratio will let you control sprinkler systems by voice. That would be my favorite one <laughs> of all. Okay, get them. Get them now. Um, and uh, Vivint will allow you to control products connected to a system by voice. Um, so there you go. Your uh, Google Home device is about to get a whole bunch of... <laughs> a whole bunch um, stronger in uh, in... Working with uh, with companies like First Alert, Frigidaire, Logitech, uh, Genie, and Anova. It is, and, and one that was missing from that list, but I know is included uh, or is going to be integrating as well is Insignia. It's, it's Best Buy's brand, but they make TVs and and devices like that. And I have to think, yes, there's a lot of cool stuff going on, but to me as a consumer, where are we going to see the most? interesting change in behavior on the part of a user is when we start integrating things like home with our daily devices, not just our sprinkler systems and function-based things, but our display-based devices or our audio-based devices to now completely change, um, you know, sort of how we're interacting with the world around us or or at least how we're interacting with the internet. So, okay, so instead of um, my morning routine has me getting up and turning uh, CBC radio on first thing in the morning. I have to turn the dial uh, and then turn the volume up. Now I would just tell ne- um, my home device to do it for me. Oh, sure. And I mean, you want to have, I mean, I, I'm viewing a, right now I can ask my Google Home, hey, Google, you know, what's the weather? Um, you know, I, I, it's not a big stretch to go, this thing connects to my TV, show me video cam, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z. And it'll then be able to show you one of the public video cameras. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I often, you know, I'll be in Whistler and I, I think of this because I was there last week and going, you know what, if I could have just gone and I'll go onto my phone and I'll look up the app and I'll look at the webcams up at the top to see what it's like at the top of the mountain because it's very different than the bottom. Um, you know, instead of that, just being, you know, what's the weather like at the Alpine? Right. And then just boom. Okay. Then it'll tell me the weather view video camera. Right. Because now I can see the webcam and see if it's snowing just because it's like, whatever, 28 degrees up there doesn't mean that it's actually snowing and it doesn't mean that it's not whiteout conditions, right, with fog. <laughs> so, you know, just these sorts of things, it'll just change the way we're, our access to information and the speed of it and then just 
changing how we're approaching um, a lot of things. And I mean, obviously, you know, my marketing brain goes into a commercial world on it, but I think these are this advancement in Google Home is where um, we're going to start to see the real changes, in my opinion, take place. Well, and, and once we start seeing changes happening in, uh, you know, like like you said, right now it controls a lot of function devices instead of like uh, daily life service devices. Once we're able to start uh, ordering our groceries on it, which I, I think you can actually do now, um, ordering our books on it, which I think you can actually do now, or our movies, our music, which I think you can actually do now, mm-hmm. um, among a whole bunch of other things, which I'm sure you can actually do now. Once that starts, like you know, sort of penetrating the market, um, it's going to take off. The world we live in in 2018 is going to be remarkably different than the world we live in right now, um, because of a device like this. Um, and you know, that's where the next major digital divide is going to happen, eh? People who yeah. have, you know, have in-home audio valets and people who don't, or digital valets and people who don't. Yeah, and the the thing is, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I mean, you bring up a good point because there will be this divide there. Um, fortunately, in, in the way I'm sort of viewing it, I think this is going to be one of the shortest divides we're going to see. Um, because as a company like Insignia is building their TVs to support it, um, as every phone, you know, it doesn't right now, but Google's putting the you know the the personal assistant is available on every phone Android 6 and up, well, pretty soon everything below that is going to be extinct, right? So you won't be using it. So now I've got a device that can control things. I've got my, you know, the every TV for sale is going to have this built in. Um, and so I don't, I think this is going to be one of the shortest technological divides we're going to see simply because the devices are, it's so cheap to implement into devices um, and then as soon as it's implemented into most devices, I'll be giving away my Google Home. Well, okay, there you go. Now you can buy the thing, you know, whatever, from Value Village for two bucks, <laughs> whatever, instead of the 130 that they cost um, presently. So it, it's going to be interesting, but I, I, I think there will be a bit of a divide, but I think it'll be pretty short in the sort of technological haves and haves nots in this one area, only because Google wants everybody to have it so much that it'll be well, cheap. Well, in that case... And as, as, as I noted a few, a few seconds ago, the world we live in in 2018 is going to be remarkably different yeah. than the world we live in right now. And one of the themes of Webcology from, from the get-go, and incidentally, um, the world we live in right now resembles the world of 10 years ago a hell of a lot more than it's going to resemble 2018. I think you're spot on. Webcology's been on the on the air for ten years now, and one of the things that we've constantly told our listeners is look to the future. Where, when you see Google trying to push something on users, on webmasters, whatever, on the public today, that's where they expect to be five years from now. And uh, you wrote a piece. I think it was in um, Search Engine Journal, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was it yesterday or the day before it came out? Um, <laughs> Nice photo job. Nice Photoshop, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, basically, what you had written about was the was the advent of uh, digital valets, personal personal digital assistants. Uh, you, I think, you used your experience with Home as the example, and you started doing um, 
going a little bit of a toffler on us, uh, looking at the future and writing about how this technology is going to affect the future of search marketing and search engine optimization. And it was one of those SEO is dead, long live SEO articles. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a, a scenario where um, SEO, and, and it's how I tried to sort of frame it, is, is organic search as we know it today. Um, I mean, as we know it today, it's very different than a couple years ago. So let's, you know, to go there. But to your point, it's changing more rapidly moving forward than it has been in the past. And lately, it's mm -hmm. been evolving pretty rapidly. Um, and I think what we're looking at sort of, and you called it like 2018, 2019 is a vastly different organic landscape than we have right now. I mean, everything from, um, not just, you know, machine learning, which every, you know, I mean, anybody who's listening regularly knows that you and I both love chatting about machine learning. <laughs> um, but not just that, I think machine learning is the means to an end. Machine learning is how Google adapts quickly. It's not actually what will adapt. It just speeds up the adaptations that they can do. I mean, there's exceptions, but that's, that's the general principle. Um, but the way we're interacting with devices, I believe, is, is where the biggest changes are going to be. And then we watch what Google's doing right now in, in search um, with mobile and with you know, the cards, which have now, just as of this morning, you know, been, been sort of expanded to a more global landscape, um, the, the rich cards and, and that sort of thing. But basically what I'm seeing is every time I'm moving past paid results, it's getting easier and easier to get distracted with, yes, they're organic results, but they're amp carousels, they're news carousels. It's non-commercial information. Right. So basically, it's Google getting me past the paid results. I'm not clicking on one of those. OK, let's distract Dave now with something else, send him off somewhere else, and then he'll come back and we'll have another shot at him again on paid. Um, you know, so there's that side of things as well. And just the, the generalized you know, shrinking of organic results, it's statistically relevant. It's down to like, I think, 8.5, um, you know, uh, organic results in any quote-unquote, top 10 on average now. So it's, you know, that side's dramatically changed. And voice search and, and it taking off and our interactions there. Um, you know, the example I used, and I'm sure you can see it too, there's no reason why when I'm looking for, to, to use the example from the article, you know, men's black shoes, there's no reason for me to be sitting on a computer, right? I, I've got a Google Home. I've got a television, right? I might be doing something else. So why am I actually sitting at my computer doing this when my screen in my living room is much bigger rather than just sending these commands and having Google sort of the personal assistant side filtering through them for me and then searching all of the, the you know, people in their database they know have them, which is through a paid set of results, um, you know, and, and, and sort of making my engagement work for me that way, right, rather than me having to sit there and type everything in. I, I think we're looking at a, at a very, very different world moving forward than we are now, where organic isn't going to be dead. It's going to be very, very, very different than it is now. I'm actually, I just finished a patent yesterday that goes on, on on the paid search side on mobile, and it basically makes no reference to organic except in information gathering. Every other result that it's talking about is paid. So it's, it's, it's a very, very dramatic shift coming. Okay, so I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely worth noting that 
the goal of search engine optimization has always been, and, 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 and will always be, to make information visible, uh, visible to the public and available to search engines. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have said that the other way around, available to search engines and thus visible to the public. Um, one thing SEOs have complained about over the years is a shrinking amount of space that the organic you know, results will, will appear in. Um, you know, Google expanding the news or expanding carousel or local features or what have you. Adding one more, just, just one more paid ad will just wedge it in there. Um, thus, again, lowering the amount of space that uh, our, our organics will appear in. Yep. What do you think? Is, um, are, is the age of the 10 blue links truly dead? Um, I, I think so. Uh, well, not dead now, obviously, but I think it is coming to an end. Um, but not because I, I don't view this as a callous move on Google's part from that side of things. I think the way we consume information now is very different than it was in, you know, whatever, 1999 when you and I first met and you were an SEO and I was just working at a hosting company. <laughs> like, uh, <coughs> and that's when the 10 blue links started. I mean, it's been a long time since then, and the way we consume information and the devices we consume it on is, is very different. It's actually kind of an antiquated idea now. We're just so used to it that we do it that way still. <clears throat> um, but Google's trying to just provide that information to us much faster. So yeah, I, I think that side <clears throat> is changing quite a bit. Um, and I think we'll just be getting more answer-based and specific task-based information, not this, here's your 10 options again. Yeah, well, like I said before, it's always been our job to make to make information visible to search engines and thus uh, uh, visible to, visible to the public. Um, I think technical SEO is is going to um, benefit greatly. Like if if you know um, JSON, if you know uh, 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 schema, etc., if you know how to mark stuff up. You'll be successful in, in this new iteration of search. Content, maybe not so much, eh? Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting one. <coughs> Pardon me. Because um, we will have sort of a content is the purpose. Yeah, I think we are going to be entering in from the organic side into a, a new era of technical um, and, and sort of a, a rebirth where content has been the thing and Google's just been sort of rewarding good content for good content's sake. But as if you want any hope, and that may work for, for Q&A type queries still, you know, moving forward, that'll help with the broader, you know, what is a DVI cable? Sorry, I'm looking at a DVI cable right now. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, what is a DVI cable? Okay, yeah, there, there I can see just pure content um, and the quality of content working. <clears throat> but for product-based queries, um, it's no longer going to work, at least in the way I'm seeing the future. So we'll see if this plays out. Um, it's no longer going to work to just be able to have this great content about product X sitting on your site. You need to be funneling that into Google in a way and with syntax that will let them know the quantity you have available, the price, the shipping, the <clears throat> all of these different facets that they're going to be competing with basically people who want to purchase things real time constantly are looking for and you're going to be competing with feeds that are providing that information to them there you go <laughs> now here's where here's where i get confused 
And uh, this is mostly because I think the confusion comes from we don't know what the environment will look like, so it's really difficult to suggest what the environment will need. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, if it's the end of 10 blue links and there's no competition amongst information providers to get in that top 10, here's the question I ask. Why shouldn't Google just sell the reference? The, uh, you, you mentioned as uh, as uh, uh, your search query, uh, black dress shoes. Well, there's not a hell of a lot of. Uh, I had this contract once where I had eighty different type, eighty different brands of bathtub. Each each brand had two or three different lines of bathtub, and I had to describe. I think it was a total of three hundred some odd bathtubs using different words. Now, after the fifteenth or twentieth bathtub, it gets really hard to describe what this ba- what these bathtubs do, <clears throat> right? Because <laughs> they're, they're they're bathtubs, man. Like they, you put water in them and you get in it. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. Um. So black dress shoes. Um. There's only so many ways to describe a black dress shoes. They're wingtips or they're not. You know, like right. uh, lace ups or not. Um, how would uh, how would that information filter its way to the top unless if there's no competition, the only thing that it strikes me, the only thing left over is to pay your way to the top. Yeah, and that is going to be a big part of it. I think the the safety net here for organics um, and and for organic search is people love the illusion of choice. I mean, we, we all do. Um, and so to completely eradicate organic eliminates that illusion of choice um, th- that we all have. And I mean, we're, we're also funneled constantly. And I mean, heck, we're talking about A-B tests earlier. We're part of the funneling people. <laughs> like, we're, we're doing this to others and we're having it done to us. And that's fine as long as I end up with my full selection of options. But we're dealing with, or we will be dealing with an intelligence that surpasses what we're dealing, what we, we've ever encountered before. Um, so, and what I mean by that is for me to say I want, you know, men's black dress shoes, um, it, this assumes that now it's just going to show me a bunch of options um, of different types. What, and it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm about to write an article based on two patents that I've just read, and I'm going to sort of go into one of them a, a little bit here. Is it goes, it it assumes we're not going to be taken down a funnel. So the first question that I would be asking if I was that personal assistant is, what is that event for? Now, this personal assistant already understands your past purchasing behavior. It's seen pictures of you. It understands what you wear. Um, And and it understands probably your core style. So if I say I'm going to a wedding, it's going to know a little bit about me and my my personal style. So not only at that point can it now add that wedding to my calendar, um, but It'll be able to start filtering for me um, some options and perhaps just show me three. Which one do you like best? I like the one in the middle. Okay, now show me 40 options that sort of take around that middle option, right? That that start to refine my search for me without me having to click a bunch of filters. And I think that's the direction we're going to be going. And rather than having this 10 blue links, it's just going to show me a bunch of different shoes from a bunch of different places. And there's no reason to go to any one of them right now until I finally select one and then, you know, basically go, where can I get this thing? Okay, here's the stores that it's available at. Here's the one that's cheapest with shipping and it'll get there in time for your wedding. Okay, great. 
<laughs> and get that done without any actual direct interaction with my keyboard necessary. I mean, you could still do it from a keyboard, of course, but um, I, I think that's sort of the direction we're headed. Um, and so to do this properly from a organic standpoint, and, and to your point earlier, this is where technical SEO gets back in because I need to have my shipping times in there. If I'm going to hit time-based deadlines, I'm going to need my shipping charges. I'm going to need the cost of the product. I'm going to need availability and all the different sizes. Like I need to be funneling all this information all the time so that when it comes time to make that buying decision, Google's going to be understanding that they can present my product in its place. Um, and of course, they're going to be putting a whole bunch of their paid stuff in there as well. Um, but at the end of the day, the user may go, I want the one that's cheapest because I already know the specific shoe I want, right? So wherever I can get that cheapest, it's going to get to me before the wedding. Great. Um, you know, those sorts of things. So we need to be able to provide that information. Google's going to be giving us the, the platform to do it in because they can't eradicate all that data. So this is where technical SEOs are going to start to win. So like we are now, though, we need to be able to provide, we need to be the answers. Um, you know, we still need to be providing that, that content to be the answer that they show. Um, and there's just other parts of, of a couple of different patents that sort of imply that Google will be looking, going, you are now just a trusted resource as a seller based on other things. So you know, if you have a bunch of content related to the same thing and you're a good resource, you will just be more trusted. That idea um, carries forward. So you're going to need technical, you're going to need good content writing, and you're going to need good business acumen. Um, Thomas Ballantine did a, did a great um, session. I wasn't there for it, but I, I read up on it, um, on basically reviews and, and hit the nail on the head. And, and their impact on search, which we all know, especially as reviews are showing up and like, map results, that's just an impact on click-through rates, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. uh, and his idea going, you don't, if you have a review problem, you don't have a review problem. You have a business problem, right? Which is entirely valid. <laughs> like, that's a great way to say that. Um, and so I think these are the sorts of things, though, that from a technical standpoint, we need to be looking at. And this may not be viewed as a technical one, but this is the sorts of things we need to be looking at heading forward is the technical side of SEO, how our company is viewed as an entity, um, you know, and then making sure that we have all these different types of content available um, in a world where, yeah, we're going to be given less space. So the battle needs to be to be the best and be providing exactly what Google needs at all times, um, especially for product and commercial queries. Okay. Um, on that, speaking of commercial queries, we've got a commercial <laughs> query here on uh, Webology here on uh, uh, cranberry.fm. Um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Weeds Media. You're listening to Webcology on the 30th of March, 2017. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. 
Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Dave. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's our last segment of the afternoon um, on the 30th of March, 2017. And uh, let me think, uh, you know what, we got about... 10 minutes left. Let's take a look at There was a report that came out in Search Engine Land published yesterday. Um, the uh, search uh, SEO toolset company, Systrix, did an analysis of 300 some odd domains uh, spread around the world. Um, they looked at uh, Germany, uh, America, uh, Great Britain, Spain, and a few other places. And um, sort of tried to get a sense of who got schlomped really bad by um, the Fred Fred update uh, about two weeks ago and who succeeded from it. And um, as it turns out, the, I guess, the industry scuttlebutt, the the knitting circle rumors that, that really are the SEO forms in our industry were pretty much right. Um, Fred hit and severely punished um, ad-heavy, thin-content sites, uh, sites that have, you know, uh, made-for-AdSense um, websites and made-for-SEO websites, you know, ones that are 300 words long or so with uh, keywords stuffed all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you had a crappy, thin-content site, you got slapped around a little bit. Yeah, exactly who they would have predicted, right? <laughs> This is this is not a known, you know, or it wasn't like, hey, this came out of the blue. There's been nothing like it. I know you've seen the reports. Great report. So everybody go over to Search Engine Land and just see the, the sort of graphs that are included and stuff like that. But it's funny because you can see them. It's like, and here's where this site got hit with Panda. And here's where it got hit with. And here's where it got hit with. But right, like where it's the same sites. It's clear, especially when you see what's dropping and, and what algorithms were hitting these sites before. It's like, oh, yeah, that sort of concludes what it was. Um is it is it surprising? Were you surprised to find this out, or are you surprised that Google's going after this this type of these types of sites? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, am I surprised they're going after these kinds of sites? No, um, I'm actually happy and gratified they're going after these kinds of sites. But I got to tell you, um, this remember the, 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 when we were talking about politics at the beginning of the show, and I described that time when you go up to the gas station and that guy gets out of his car beside you. <laughs> sticks the gas nozzle into his gas tank, lights a cigarette, starts banging rocks together. Google rewarded these types of sites for so many years. 
Google rewarded the crappy lyric sites that were like giving you lyrics to your favorite Beatles song while downloading malware onto your computer and making you part of a zombie net that committed ad fraud. Google gave benefit to these crap-tastic web pollution sites for so many years that it's just cleaning up its own mess. And it reminds me of that idiot beside me at the gas bay lighting up a cigarette while pumping his gas. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. here's 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 the problem for that idiot is eventually it, it may work time and time again, trip after trip. But when it doesn't, it, it blows up. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing in a lot of cases, I think, here. Now, now, now luckily, and this, this is where the analogy breaks down in the real world. If you light a cigarette and blow up a gas station while I'm beside you, I blow up with you, which would suck even worse. Um if you blow up on Google with your craptastic lyric site or uh, freeware site or whatever, um, well, you're probably only hurting yourself, but you've obviously probably hurt like gajillions of consumers along the way. Um, but I also think of like some news websites that tried thin, that tried crappy um, off-the-cuff content, trying to get a leg up on the competitors. I mean, definitely wrong strategy, but you can understand why they were doing it, right? They get punished. Um, I'd have just been happy had Google not promoted this bo- this uh, bo- these bogus websites in the first place. Well, and you bring up a really interesting point there, actually, because I think there were a lot of sites and a lot of people who were dragged kicking and screaming into the wrong strategies because they worked. Like you, you bring up some news sites that ended up having to put out all this, you know, crap thin content. Would they have done that when they started and it was a bunch of reporters and a couple of techs building a site? Well, yeah. No. But that's what worked and, and that's what they needed to do and now they're being punished for a decision they might not have made. I mean, well, some of them would have. Don't think I'm like saying well, everybody. And here's, and here's the thing. On the way, they had to make some changes to their business model and maybe fire a couple of reporters and get a couple of Buzz, BuzzFeed writers in instead. Right. As an example, um... So the information, as soon as the information environment starts to degrade, all businesses around that environment also start to degrade. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm really happy that Fred was published. I can't wait to see what his attendant little, little buddy Barney looks like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Barney comes along and rewards people for doing good things, for being good webmasters, for publishing, like, I don't care if it's good news or sad news, as long as it's honest and credible and helpful to the to the to the to the consumer. Um, it'd be nice to see Google start rewarding good behavior instead of rewarding crappy behavior. How could Google tell the difference? I'm not sure. And now I'm not sure if it could have told the difference, but you well, know, I'm a little surprised. What'll be interesting to see is as they're pulling things off. I mean. Some of the sites that we were seeing losses in had the majority of crappy content, but you list those publishing sites. Um, and if they're and they've said we don't hit domains as a whole in the same way anymore, right? There there is no yeah. domain rank sort of thing. So hey, if they can actually start rewarding um, the content on their sites, it's good. While just demoting the the others, yeah, sites might start losing a bit, but thematically across you know specific segments of say a news site to go with your example. 
you know, the, the, the rankings should be okay. Like they, they should be taking losses and gains. And yes, losses might be bigger because they've got more pages of this Buzzfeed than crap. But, um, you know, hopefully they can do it on a page by page and reward the good when Barney comes along and, and punish the bad and um, give back what they, a, a little bit of what they took away, rewarding the good content um, while, while just dissuading people from producing more bad. Uh, quick disclaimer, we don't know if there's an attendant uh, algorithm coming along to reward people, <laughs> and we certainly don't know if if Gary is going to name it Barney, or if Gary's ever going to be allowed to name another algorithm again in his life. Um, we, we don't know any of this. <laughs> We're just speculating here, <laughs> you see. <laughs> um, but if there was to be another algorithm that was nice and reward-driven, Gary, you should name it Barney. Should you be allowed to be to name another algorithm again in your life? Okay, we're uh, we're down to uh, breathless seconds. Um, did you see the uh, the open letter to uh, to SEOs from uh, from Barry Adams? I didn't. Not until I mean you sent a link, but I haven't read it. Okay, um, for those who don't know, Barry is, Barry is one of the originals. Barry Adams was one of the people who I was going to to learn about SEO back in the uh, late eight, late 90s. Um, you know what? I bet you Barry Adams was somebody that Ross Dunn went to to learn about SEO. That's how long he's been around. And um, I'm not going to have a chance to get into the letter. We're into our, la- into our final seconds for sure now. Um, go to polemicdigital.com, an open letter to the SEO industry. Read what one of the founders thinks about us now. Friends, you probably hear the uh, music being played in the background. So on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Web College on Cranberry.fm on the 30th of March, 2017. Stick around, uh, Cranberry.fm. More great content coming up after the news. We're back next week. Talk to you later. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 